boards need to be a lot more focused on who their customers are, mm -hmm. what their expectations are, and mm -hmm. how they should plan for the rapidly changing environment. This is Exploring Leaders, episode 30, with Google's Director of Agency and Brand Measurement Analytics and Independent Board Director, Tina Daniels. Tina will share her story and her experience from the industry of customer research and digital marketing, and how boards can up their games, inspiring you to take responsible leadership in the digital age. Do you wonder how trailblazing leaders sense at scale, involve to innovate, and align the actions in this increasingly digital world? Welcome to the Exploring Leaders podcast. The experienced team at Degosian interviews leaders from around the world for insights and inspiration on how to lead in the digital age. In this episode, Degosian founder Lizalette Engstam, who is also an independent board chair and director, researcher, author, and advisor, asks the questions. Our guest today is Tina Daniels. Tina is a digital veteran. She is Google's director of agency and brand measurement analytics with a background from digital marketing agencies and from Microsoft. She also serves as board director on both listed companies and educational institutions. Tina is passionate about how to better understand and communicate with customers, continued learning and doing good for society. This episode focuses on her journey and approaches she finds useful for the top companies, leaders and boards. Tina Daniels, warm welcome to the podcast. Thank you. I'm excited to be here too. And we know each other because we're actually serving on the same board, right. which is super exciting. I wanted to ask you a couple of questions around the topic area around marketing and customer research and customer experience but i also wanted to understand a bit more about your journey so can you let us know what has taken you to where you are yeah i think there are a few fundamental things that have landed me in this position certainly i give a lot of credit to my education i was fortunate to go to an excellent a liberal arts college where I learned to think critically and write effectively and put ideas together in a persuasive way. And then I also was fortunate to go on after some work in finance to Harvard for business school, which was a terrific experience as well. I think both my college and business school experiences gave me a foundational education that was important. But additionally, it helped me create a really wonderful network of both friends, professional colleagues, and people who are both friends and professional <laughs> colleagues. Also, I think it's important to note that at least in, in the US, having a degree from a prestigious university does give you a stamp of credibility, whether that's fair or not. I'm sure that was my success has been due in part to that. Right. I also think I've worked really hard. So right. doesn't come it doesn't come by pure luck. Although luck, right. luck plays a factor. But it's also interesting in many schools, 
you might get in, but you might not necessarily get out. <laughs> That's true. That's well. true. Yeah. So it, it does take a lot of effort through different stages. And can you share a bit about what kind of engagements you've been engaging in, both prior to where you are now and what your current engagement is? My current role is at Google in New York City, and my team oversees our measurement and analytics. My team is focused primarily on the agency channel and our big brands, our Google's largest brand clients. And our job is multifold, but we're responsible for ensuring that our clients really understand what possibilities exist in measurement today, that they are setting up effective measurement strategies for their digital marketing campaigns, but that they're also very aware of what is on the forefront. And there is a lot, particularly around privacy and data regulation. So we spend our time consulting clients and agencies, helping them prepare for the future. We are part of the sales team. Google's measurement solutions are, are free of charge. So we're not necessarily selling a product. We are advocating for smart solutions. Which is a fantastic position to have, <clears throat> but it's also challenging because you need to fight somewhat for the time at the clients, right? Yeah, it is. That's true. And for some of our clients, they're really engaged in the conversation. And, uh, and then certainly we have others that I think are putting their heads in the sand and hoping it goes away because it, it can be complicated and and taxing. And what did you do to take you to this position at Google? What did you do earlier? Yeah, so I mentioned that I worked after college in accounting and finance, and then I went to business school. I graduated from business school many years ago when the internet was like really just getting started and companies were trying to figure out like what to do with this new medium. And fortunately, I joined that adventure. I worked as a sort of a strategy consultant for a big web development firm. I then found myself at a media agency, a digital media agency, which at the time was a little bit random, but in retrospect, actually, I learned one of my most important career lessons from that experience, and that is who you work for is often more important than what you do, particularly early in your career. But I think even now as a senior person, I find that can be true. I took a job with a very small digital marketing agency that I really had never heard of. And I did it because of the, the man who was hoping or who was the president of the agency at the time. And honestly, my calculus was, I really don't think this company is going to survive. I fully expected them to go bankrupt. But I thought, I really like this guy, and if I do well, maybe he'll take me with him wherever he goes next. And that company was called Avenue A. They did end up surviving. Not only did they survive, they became one of the real success stories of the early internet era. The company acquired another digital firm called Razorfish, which had some notoriety. And then the entire like agency was acquired by Microsoft at the time, the biggest acquisition Microsoft had ever done for $6 billion. So it was a wild success story and a really important chapter of my career. But I do owe it all to that kind of thought of like work for great people. I didn't expect to be a media expert. I learned that <laughs> along the way. I then spent a couple of years <clears throat> on the sales team at Microsoft, primarily working with agencies. After that, I took a break, which was helpful for me. I really 
felt like I needed some time away to <clears throat> interrogate whether this was the industry for me or mm. if I should think about a shift. I decided there just weren't that many senior people in the digital marketing space and it was foolish to walk away from an industry that was growing so fast. Indeed. So I went back into the workforce and joined a startup that didn't really work out. And after that, I came to Google. And it's just been a terrific, now more than eight year journey. And it's very interesting because it's also still keeps a lot of very young people. Yes. And what do you think that, what impact that does that have on the industry? Yeah, <clears throat> You're, it's a good observation. I think a few things. One is it definitely infuses high energy and I think a fast pace. Younger people don't have a tolerance for kind of slow bureaucracy. So I think younger people, not to generalize, tend to be more on the cutting edge of new technologies. That also helps drive innovation. It is it tends to be a younger industry. I will say I think there are some people like me though that have grown up with the industry mm. and are now in our 40s, 50s. And I expect that to continue. I think people will, we will see as the industry ages, more folks in their 50s and 60s. Right. So at least I hope. <laughs> you can check out more hints and tips in the blog post covering this podcast episode of Exploring Leaders at the Degotian blog, which you can find at degotian.com. You might attract somebody just because you're there. Yeah. Can you tell us a myth about the role you have? Yeah, I'm sure. A few that I probably had before I took this job running the measurement team. I'd say the biggest myth is that it's really like just for data geeks. And I think you need to like data to be effective, but I don't consider myself a super subject matter expert. I think what's most important is to understand business and what clients are trying to achieve and think more holistically about where we can help fill gaps. Which is maybe, as you're saying, not exactly where most things, what's most exciting about your job? Oh, a lot. And <laughs> for me, I think the excitement comes from the intellectual rigor. So there is a lot changing, as I mentioned, on the privacy front, and that's a function of government regulation. It's a function of technology changes, browser changes that Apple has made and Chrome will soon make. And it's also a function of changing consumer expectations mm. around data and privacy. Mm. And the industry collectively is coming up against the deprecation of third-party cookies, which is a technical thing, but it it's the code that's really allowed internet advertising on the free and open web to work. So collectively, we're trying to invent the solutions that will replace third-party cookies. Mm. So challenging, it's complicated. I like the intellectual challenge of it. And I also think it's really important. It's yeah. purposeful work. The work that we're doing now is going to set the stage for the next 20 years of digital marketing. It, indeed it is. And it's set the stage over the last couple of years as yeah. well. Yeah, oh yeah, if, it's happening if, now. Yeah, it's, we're in the middle of it and it's not always easy to see, but one of the things I wanted you to maybe help us understand, what do you see that the development has been with customer research and marketing over the last couple of years? Yeah, and I think consumers increasingly have a bigger voice. The, the power dynamic has totally changed from when you know you and I were younger in our careers. It used to be that companies 
set their marketing agendas and they got to decide the message and they blasted it out and consumers either liked it or they didn't. Now it's much more of a two-way street. Consumers like are actively involved both in giving companies feedback through social media and real dialogue mm -hmm. online and frankly like shaping the brand. The brand now lives with like in the consumer's control. So it's really different. It's very different. And sometimes I say marketing will go away and it will be replaced with education. Hmm. You'll have to educate yourself into a position to sell something. Yeah, yeah. I think that's a big part of it. Yeah. And it's very different in terms of where we are. What do you see happening over the, maybe the next five years? Hmm. Very important things happening now. Yeah, and I think the connection that brands and companies have directly with their consumers will become increasingly important. It's already important. Many companies get away with this. They don't have a direct linkage to their customers. They just, they either sell through re retail or resellers or whatever, and they have certainly have interaction mm -hmm. with customers, but they don't have direct interaction. Mm -hmm. When it comes to online marketing in particular, and frankly, I think everything now is online, particularly with connected TVs, virtually every marketing angle is digital or the most important ones. You have to have first party data. You have to have client customer consent saying, yes, I want to have a direct relationship with your brand. Um, because it will be a lot harder to figure out who those people are if you don't have that permission. Mm -hmm. I just think that's, super critical and that will in itself format the industry right it so, will yeah so absolutely change a lot in that so one of the discussions you and i have had is also around what do leaders in general know or understand about marketing yeah and even more so than going to the board yeah so if you go to that dimension what do you think that leaders and boards actually need to understand a bit better and yeah. how should they go about doing that yeah it's surprising to me that marketing isn't a bigger part of board conversations mm -hmm. and the reason is that marketers understand the customers mm -hmm. and and customers drive the revenue so if the board isn't focused on revenue generation and the shifting consumer or customer profile, I think they're missing a lot of the conversation. So first of all, I would just say boards need to be more involved. They need to have the CMO in the room on occasion. I think they should have more CMOs on their board, frankly. I think boards would be a lot more effective if there was more rep representation from CMOs amongst board members. And yeah, I just, I don't, given how quickly digital transformation is taking hold, I think boards need to be a lot more focused on who their customers are, mm -hmm. what their expectations are, and how they should plan for the rapidly changing environment. And it's interesting because in many ways, marketing is directly driving strategy yeah. or actually creating strategy even. Absolutely. But that might end up at two different groups at a company. Yeah. So how do you see that area evolving? You've hit on an important point, which is for very good reasons, companies are very siloed and it is hard to cross those silos, even with collaborative, well-intentioned people. Um, 
But I think that point about marketing driving strategy is a really keen observation. In many companies, it, it works the other way, but maybe it shouldn't. If the marketers really understand client, the client profile the best, I think that's, that's what should be at the center. And strategy is really about the application of limited resources. So it's a very important activity, but but it's the client insight that should be the driver. And it's very complex to sit on a board and trying to figure out where to apply those resources in the best way, because there's a lot of competing around it. Since you work at Google and Google is so impactful in the world, can you say something on where do you see that Google's role is in all of this mm -hmm. and actually going forward as well? Yeah, role is, I think we play an important role in a few ways. First, I think our marketing team really leads by example. The, mar the Google marketing team is, the I think, the gold standard for marketing in terms of both performance and creating brand and engaging with customers. I'm certainly biased, but I believe that to be true. We spend a lot of money on customer research at Google. Second though is I think we offer the broad marketplace, marketers and clients, the opportunity to easily execute surveys. We have a, an off the shelf product called Google Consumer Surveys and they're really easy to launch and get a quick pulse on a question or maybe a new product or however you want to craft it. And then of course, our sales team is very engaged in research, both research to drive thought leadership around the future of advertising or research to prove or disprove client hypotheses. So it's it's pretty fundamental to everything we do. I think it's I think it's very interesting. One of the things I find when I go and join most boards is I'm probably the only one that quickly puts on a little analytic to actually understand what is being said about our company. Yeah. And for me, it's so strange because it's so easy. Right. Why isn't everyone doing that? Why isn't no, everyone it's a really doing good that? Quick pulse. So maybe with this podcast, we, <laughs> go, we do a little pointer to get the board members to understand more about their own companies. Yes. Yes. With the help of Google. That would be, we'd be happy to help. Yeah. To get even more value out of the podcast series, Exploring Leaders, you can find everything from research reports to advice and courses at the Degotian website, which you can find at Degotian.com. Now, we can see that boards and leaders need to understand a bit more around marketing and how it impacts. Can you say anything you think they need to put in place to help? Well, but it gets a little tricky, right, to tease out what should be the management team's responsibility and what's the board's responsibility. So I'd say at a high level, the board needs to ensure that the C-suite is really on top of it. And I don't know that all C-suites are. <laughs> uh, I, so maybe it's asking the question like, what, what does the entire C-suite see for marketing and analytics and reporting? Do they, or is it really just living with the CMO's organization? So that's like a basic question. I think boards should expect more reporting on the makeup of clients. We just, we don't really even talk about client segmentation, except at the highest level of enterprise versus retail or something like that. So maybe asking questions or the strategic makeup of clients and where 
the senior team sees growth opportunities. My presumption is that best-in-class marketers have like really good dashboards that, that they're using to monitor the business. And I would think it would be easy to create a high-level profile of client activity for customer activity for the board. That'd be super interesting to yeah. actually have that right. respect and actually be able to see that much more quickly. We're going over to a bit more around what is inspiring to yeah. you. Yeah, I had one other, one other thought about what boards can do oh, um, for marketers to get a better sense of marketers. I think it would be very interesting for a board in one of their strategy sessions to invite the CMO and a handful of clients to come in and do sort of a panel Q&A where the CMO interviews client. More than likely, they would choose friendly clients who are positive about the company, but give the board a chance mm. to directly interact with some customers and the CMO. I think the board would learn a ton from just a 30-minute panel where they have that opportunity. I think that's such a wonderful suggestion. Yeah. And you're absolutely right. And I'm sure it would be quite interesting to many customers to have a chance to have Absolutely, a to yeah. The, it's actually a nice board. way to solidify that, that relationship yeah. with top clients. So then I wanted to go over a bit to what inspires you. Yeah. So if you, is there, I don't know, a leader or maybe a company that you think we should keep our eyes on? Oh, yeah. I can think of a few. And I sort of immediately go to my personal network when I think, obviously, they're very well-known leaders who I admire, just as I expect most people probably do. But a few examples of companies worth watching, perhaps from small to big. My first recommendation is a media and entertainment company called Hello Sunshine, oh. Reese Witherspoon's. It's Reese Witherspoon's production company, and it is run by a friend of mine, a woman named Sarah Harden, CEO, who is a rock star. She and Reese have created something very special where they own the production and help control the distribution of content and really leverage content across mediums from books to movies to products and, and the whole That's gamut. super interesting. Yeah. Sarah's the real deal and I I think it's a it's certainly a company worth watching. I'd say in the middle category, which a totally different type of corporation is S&P Global. Doug Peterson is the CEO. I serve on a board with Doug and he's just a leader that has high integrity. He has been committed to diversity and inclusion, equity and inclusion since well before it was a an obligation and a buzzword in corporate jargon. He was early to put a number of women on his board and he's just, he's a thoughtful, inspirational leader. And then on the biggest end, S&P Global is a big company, but even bigger would be Accenture. And the reason I cite Accenture is that Julie Sweet is the CEO, also just a terrific person a younger woman, very smart, and she's leading a massive company that is really pushing other companies mm. to embrace digital transformation, mm. important in the world economy. And it's very interesting because several of these are also, you can see them, they're also their own profiles and take care of their own brands. That's right. Which is interesting in that. So is there any sources that you would go to to find to keep oh, yourself updated. Yeah, about digital marketing. Well, I'm gonna take the easy out here and recommend that that folks really check out 
Think with Google, mm. which is, you can Google it and find it right away, <laughs> but it is a website that produces several times a week articles and thought pieces on the most important topics in digital marketing. And often it profiles, the articles are written by Google clients, so marketers or CEOs of companies. I think it does a really good job of breaking down very complicated topics in marketing and business into like digestible, mm. understandable, quick pieces. The articles tend to be written with brevity so that you can get the point quickly and then dig deeper if you want. And I think that is in itself a really important thing to be able to explain complex things yeah. quickly. That's right. That's uh, right. Which is not given to everybody to do. Yeah. Do you have some practical recommendations for our business? Is there anything and you can direct it into the marketing suite or you can direct it into the board suite? Is there anything practical you think that they could do? It can be super easy. It just maybe it's just things to get things started. Yeah. Yeah. Let's see. A practical tip for marketers, C-suite or board members who feel like they don't know much about marketing, but mm -hmm. would like to know more, I would say social media is actually probably the best place to start. And one practical tip is to find a young person in your life. It will be very humbling, but find a young person in your life, child, grandchild, maybe just friend, friend's child, who, and ask them like, how do you spend your time online? Are you mm -hmm. watching YouTube? Do you look mm -hmm. at TikTok and what does that mean to you? Then ask them about things about brands that they like or celebrities and understand their perspective. I think if you can start to see how young people interact with the world and with brands, it will really open up a lot of curiosity. It'll maybe demystify some of these apps that just seem so crazy and complicated mm -hmm. and that would be my practical tip and i think it's i think it's so interesting when i ask my children for instance how they want to learn mm -hmm. they think of youtube yeah as the learning vehicle video they, is everywhere yeah they yeah. really say if they want to know anything yeah. i'll google it yeah and then I go to YouTube. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's true. It's really an incredible platform right. for education. So if people would like to reach you, follow you, yeah. how can they do that? I'm on all the social media channels. Um, you probably the best way would be to find me on LinkedIn. I have a Tina Daniels of a LinkedIn profile and I do my best to check those messages periodically. I'm also on Twitter and of course, Instagram and Facebook too. And wanted to end up with a question that I adjusted a bit this time. Yeah. And the question this time would be, if you were an art form, Oh, that's right. Okay. What would you be? Yeah, an art form. Broadly, I think I probably would choose sculpture because value, depth and dimension. That's uh, a very and good. looking at things from different angles. That's a fantastic answer. Oh, good. Thank you so much, Tina. It's been interesting and we learned a lot. Thank I you so, so much. I learned a lot by, by having this conversation. So thanks for inviting Thank me. Thank you. Thanks for listening to Exploring Leaders, a podcast produced by Degotion with the ambition to inspire insightful leadership in the digital age. If you found this episode interesting, join the momentum to amplify the voices of trailblazing leaders by sharing it with others for inspiration. 
For any questions or recommendations on other inspiring leaders you like to listen to, contact us via our website, devotion.com, or via social media as LinkedIn or Twitter.